It's Cofield and Company. Company, company, company. Who puts y'all in charge of snack distribution? With Steve Cofield. Then I seen him. I seen Steve. And Adam Hill. Adam Hill is usually so fair, so reasonable. Uh, that's shocking to hear something like that from Adam Hill. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying. Partying, partying. Yeah! All right, here we go. Friday, 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 Friday. Lots of energy, Westgate, Superbook. We got a bunch of VTech fans screaming and yelling. 44, check that, 47-40. Chris Beard and the Longhorns are up on VTech. 15 minutes left in that one. We got a real competitive game going down with Alabama and Notre Dame. Alabama, unfortunately, Quinterly did not come back, right? He's out for the game. Yep. One of their best players out for the game, and we figured. Hey, Notre Dame going to San Diego from Dayton on short notice, double overtime game to get there, was going to be in a lot of trouble today, but Fighting Irish have played pretty good game. I'll say this, they are a good offensive team, and it's held up in this one. They're up 14, eight and a half minutes left. Notre Dame 61-47 on Alabama. What are they from three? That's not bad. Nine of 15? One guy. Oh, no. Yeah, one guy. That's it. I think Cormac Ryan is seven, I think. Six of eight. Okay. Yep, six of eight. And then their, uh, what's his name, Leshevsky? Is that what he said? Uh, He's two of three off the bench. He's one of their uh, six, eight players. So, yeah, Notre Dame, one of the surprises of the day. But Quinterly went down. I didn't expect Bama to get blown out. But eight minutes left, down 14. Yeah, game was over then. I mean, that was, we jumped on it, bet it it live, as we talked about here on the show. Hopefully you guys were listening and did the same thing and have your apps. From the Westgate here, and yes. we're able to jump on and uh, and make that wager. That, that was the the game was decided on one play, one drive to the basket. Chattanooga, Illinois is the next game up. That is a 3:50 start. So we get into the Big Five. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Do you expect? Any upsets in the remaining three games that are coming up? Can Fullerton challenge Duke? I mean, certainly Iowa State can take out LSU. It's a bizarro situation with LSU with Will Wade getting the ax for allegedly cheating. And then uh, Arizona State's taking on Wright State. Wright State, solid team, but Wright State not playing in front of its home home fans like they were at the play-in. And Arizona is in San Diego, which I told you I was going to go to San Diego to watch my school play had they advanced. And the tickets were not easy to get. Plus, huh. it's a small venue. You know, VA House only holds like 12-1. It's a smaller venue yeah. as compared to some of these arenas that are, you know, 16, 18, 20,000. So. And we know from here in, in town, oh. Arizona fans travel like crazy. And if you're in Arizona and Tucson or Phoenix, a uh, trip to the west to go to San Diego for a few days, that's a nice trip. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think Fullerton can score. Uh, saw them here at the Dollar Loan Center, Center Arena Center. Uh, last week. They can definitely score. I don't know if they can give a real threat to Duke. I mean, everybody would love it, of course. Um, no no tradition in the world like rooting against Duke in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they've made a lot of people happy for many years, losing early. Did you see that uh, 
I think she's writing and producing the commercials. She finally came up with a pretty good one. The uh, the phone commercials with your lady Lily sure. have just been horrific. How long has she been pregnant, by the way? Um, I don't think she is anymore because I think her well, latest. still hiding her. The, the, she pregnant again? The latest thing, the last six months on Twitter, she's flipping out on fans for noticing that she bulked up a bit. Like she's really taking it hard. So, so maybe that's why. They're yeah, still maybe. hiding her. They were hiding her during. What do you, her what do you want her in a bikini? No, I don't mean. I mean, th- she, they sit her behind a table. They were hiding her pregnancy. Oh, forever. yeah. I, oh. She used to be out, like, in the store helping people. Oh. And then when she was pregnant, they were hiding her behind a, a desk so that you didn't notice. It's been five years since I've been able to talk details on a commercial with Adam Hill. I am the only person on the show who sits and watches commercials. And because I'm a lunatic, like the way Adam sounds right now, I am that way with lots of commercials. Sure. I saw Dr. Rick just came out with a new commercial. Whatever. Is that an insurance company? It's still not making the mark, but the commercials are funny. He's, I don't know who he's, Dr. Rick is. Oh, he's, he's the guy who's preventing you from becoming your parents. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's a good commercial. And so uh, one of the cats is on there, and they're looking in his freezer, and Dr. Rick's like, it's a freezer, not a time capsule. <laughs> and he pulls something out, and it's just this ball that's freezer burned. And he's like, what is this? And the guy's like, scotch egg? He's like, it's a meatball. <laughs> Which, that connects with me, because I have multiple freezers, sure. and I will be eating everything uh, within the next five years. It's still safe. Eventually, you're going to get to it? It's still safe. Anyway, they came up with a good one with the phone commercial, because uh, Coach K is on it. Okay. And he, he almost gets a little snarky, because Lily kind of big times him. I think well, he's looking for a gig, and he's like, I don't know if I'm available in March. It's kind of a week-by-week thing. And she says to him, well, we're gonna, we'll give you a call. And he's like, you'll give me a call? <laughs> Like, I'm Coach K. He didn't say that part. Isn't, uh, didn't Stafford just do one, too? I didn't see that. I think Matt Stafford did one. Does Lily fall off the stage and break her back? No, I don't think they re- make reference to that, no. to that part. She's no. all good? Yeah. All right, that was the breakdown of the games coming up. Sure. Number four. Tom Brady back in Tampa. I wonder if he feels left out right now. He was the bell of the ball at the beginning of the week with the big news. Uh, where are all the players? Where are the new additions to the Buccaneers? Is he trying to recruit in what could be his final year? Apparently, he at least tried with one big one. Uh, Russell Gage, Falcons receiver, who, by the way, lit up the Bucks last year. And I think that's why the Bucks were like, yeah, that guy's good. We'll go get him. Uh, Tom Brady called him during the legal tampering period when you're not allowed to sign, but you are allowed to negotiate contracts. Brady called him. Russell Gage was in the process of taking the trash out. Is that right? His phone rings. He's like, ah, phone, the trash. He actually did pick it up. And the guy said, hey, it's Tom Brady. And Gage said that he was very skeptical because he was in the middle of reading all these reports about his future, and none of them were true. And he's like, everything's fake, nothing's real, this isn't really Tom Brady. And then he was convinced that it is Tom Brady, and uh, that helped get the deal done. And Russell Gage goes to Tampa to go play with Tom Brady, who interrupted him taking out the track. Not fake news. No, it was real. Is Russell Gage real? I think so. I mean, as a receiver. He's pretty good, and I'm okay. sure he'll be even better in this offense. Is it bad when I reference my knowledge of a, an NFL player by my fantasy experience with him? Because well, I swear whenever I had him, he wasn't good, and then as sure. soon as I got rid of him, then he was good. He's pretty up and I, down, but that I, offense I, I is pretty up and down. I don't know that he was healthy either yeah. uh, for much of the year. Number three. Okay, Devontae Adams is a Raider. So let's examine a couple of stories that have been out there and stories that have come out since the Raiders traded Two first. What else? No, check check that. First and a second. First and a second. First and a second. And uh, $141 million with a contract for five years. Um, there was a report out from 
one of our local bloggers, uh, she had reported that Adams bought a $12 million house on the west side. Do we know that to be true? Was that no? That was, was always true. That was always true. Always true. Okay. It was, and it wasn't like he wasn't because I think initially when we saw it, it was sort of Brady-like, where we we heard Brady had bought something, but then it looked like it was part of an investment group. So is this an Adams primary residence or De- is it an investment? Devontae Adams bought a house as his residence, and, and you can't like there's a, you can't read too much into this because I think a lot of people are like he bought the house, he's moving here, like no. And I was just having this conversation actually with, and uh, it's funny, uh, Jim Otto brought it up with us too, but I was on a station in Nashville today, and they were joking about it too. They said if every player that buys a house in either Nashville or Vegas was going to those teams, their rosters would both be 300 deep. Like, do you know how many, I, I, I would be willing to bet. Nashville? Yeah. I'd be, I'd be willing to bet right now that an NFL player closed on a house today in Vegas. I'd be willing to bet on it. It happens almost every day. Like players are moving here, athletes are moving here. You make it your permanent residence, so for, right for tax benefits. For tax and, benefits, and it's awesome here. And it's a great place to live. Why wouldn't you want to be here? So, like, yeah, it's happening all the time, just like it is in Nashville. So, just because somebody buys a house doesn't mean anything. But in this case, he did end up coming here, and he did end up, you know, having a house to go live in, and you know, the, that was part of it. But like, we have to be careful with reacting to guys buying houses because, like I said. Athletes buy houses every single day in Vegas and in Nashville. And, and you know, as Jen said, well, Tom Brady bought a house in Nashville. Uh, okay, well, and, and uh, Aaron Rodgers did too. Okay. Like, that just happens. Those things are going to keep happening too. Ian Rappaport, NFL expert, got in on the whole house thing. Uh, new highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. Just bought a house in Las Vegas next to his new quarterback, Derek Carr. Yeah. Next to yeah, come well, on, bro. I don't think it's next to. Well, it's not. If I think Derek's in so high. Derek's in your neighborhood, so high, yeah. and I believe Devontae Adams is in the ridges. Yeah, not very close. Yeah, which by the way, I got, I got a text yesterday. Someone was like, "Oh, that's right, I forgot to tell you this." Um, my son, one of his uh, rich teammates, said that Adams just bought a house next to theirs in the ridges, like about three weeks ago. Okay, okay, yeah. well, that's a good source. Well, I guess that'll confirm it. Uh, and I know who that – I think I'm 90% sure who that source is. And yes. Would have been helpful a while ago. No, but we, we knew that, though. Like I said, we already knew that. Yeah, uh, we, another, we, we knew the area of town. Another Ryan three-pointer. Seven three-pointers for the Notre Dame player, 66-55, under five minutes. Alabama. Well, I got him at one and a half in game. I'm not looking good right now. I'll say no. that. No, it's not – doesn't look like no. a very good bet. Top two stories. Number two. Damn. Ari, back in our Finley Toyota studios. Like, get on. Get on to it, man. More Devontae. Devontae. Devontae Adams. Um, so I asked Jen Latta, who was on with us earlier, ESPN Radio in Milwaukee, if Adams turning down eh, around the same money, we'll say, from the Packers, is this a sign of things to come that in the future without Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers is there now. But in the future, the Packers are going to have trouble drawing free agents and keeping their own free agents because – as we know, everywhere else is better than Green Bay. True. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily. Uh, I don't think a that's. Every, I don't things. think that's everyone's mindset, but it's our mindset. But it is. It also is. And if the Packers offered, because I keep saying this, of like, oh, the Packers offered the same amount of money. If the Packers offered the same amount of money, I believe the Raiders' offer would be ten million dollars more if you get the same amount in Green Bay as you do in Vegas. Because because of the taxes. So, 
it's not the same offer. Green Bay would have to pay a lot more in order to make it the same offer. So uh, that is something to keep in mind, definitely going forward with the Raiders and, and, and part of the recruiting pitch. Um, I specifically asked uh, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler if it's part of their recruiting package. Like when they, you know, when they bring a guy in and they're telling him about the city and showing him around the facility and taking him to the stadium, do you have somebody like an accountant sit down and break down the tax situation? And the answer, I believe Dave Ziegler, when he answered it, said, it would be very stupid not to. Yep. <laughs> if people don't know the numbers and aren't knowledgeable yeah. on it, you, you have to. We encounter the same problem, and we've, we've turned it into a positive. Uh, it's every six months. Um, we've got ESPN LA. We've got KNBR in San Francisco. We've got WFAN in New York. We've got the score in Chicago making a run at Ari, our producer, and we always have to explain to Ari, like, Ari, you're making so much extra money here because of the tax benefits. And now, uh, I mean, he's, he's the only guy on the staff who just got a new car. He's living large. So it works. You got to explain it to people. We got tax benefits here. Yeah, that was a total lie. All, except for the new car. He did get a new car. Except for the new car part. I don't have a new car. You don't have a new car. Mine, mine's falling apart. Yeah. Good for Ari. Yeah. I don't even know if we're going to make it home tonight. About that life. Number one. Number one. Number one. Well, now we're distracted. We might just have to go to break. I can't hear it. I can't wait to hear this one. Oh, this sounds great. This is exciting. I actually, I saw the Coach K commercial, and I couldn't hear the sound the other day, and I was like, I can't wait until this commercial's back on. I love commercials. It is our lifeblood, too, but I, I love commercials, especially if they're creative. Like I said, Lily's been kind of awful recently, so it looks like they're, they're, they're rebounding here. Stafford gives a little wink to the camera at the end. Ooh. I don't know what that's about. All right. Is Kelly going to be happy about that? You know she was Not, at you know she was at the set. He didn't wink at her. He winked oh, okay. at the camera. I thought he was making a run at Lily. No, maybe. Anna Weintraub. Is that not, her name? He's not pushing her off a stage. No. What's her name? Sounds right. No, Michaela, maybe. It's Is a, it? It's a very foreign name. Okay. All right, look that up, please. Commodore sixty four, crank it up. She's great on Instagram. We'll get that in a couple of minutes. All right, Devonte Adams on the Raiders. Chandler Jones, Max Crosby still in the fold. Big stars all over the place. Are the Raiders number one in the AFC West or number two? Now. Milana. Milana. That's the girl's name. Okay. I'll ask again. Are the Raiders now the best team in the AFC West or second best team? I was very, very busy looking up her name. Um, Fourth? Wait, what? Maybe third? They just got Devontae Adams. Well, I mean, they are. And Chandler Jones. Still the longest shot on the board to win the division. And Yaku. I, I was going to call him Yak Rasin. Rock, Rock, Rock Yasin. That could be a try. That could be a problem. Um, moving they, forward, they do still have the longest odds in the division. I did ask our esteemed leader here at the Westgate Superbook, John Murray, how much they moved the odds yesterday uh, for the Raiders to win the Super Bowl, and he said zero. Really? Yeah. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson to the Browns, it, it, an average, and you know, of what happened, thirty to one, Browns to win the Super Bowl down to eighteen to one. Quarterbacks matter. They're bigger than wide receivers. Did you, wait, can you dump that? I think, I think something almost happened there. That would have been a, a first. This is a laugh. It wasn't okay. a curse. But I think it suppressed the blank. Yeah. I, was, I mean, that's that was my thought. I didn't say it. Uh, yes, quarterbacks are more important than, than receivers. And, uh, yeah, the Raiders still have the fourth best quarterback in the league. Now, it's not a huge difference. And they do have great weapons. And, and I think Carr with the weapons could be better than – you know what 
other quarterbacks have that might be better than him but don't have the same amount of weapons. Like, we'll, we'll see where they go. But for right now, they still have the fourth-best quarterback in the, in the division, and it's going to be an uphill battle. Doesn't mean they can't do it. Last year, they weren't expected to do much, and they did. So the fans would get all mad because last night fans were mad because I said the odds didn't change. Like, you idiot. Like, it's literally a fact. fact yeah. It's a fact. And and if if they think you're an idiot, what should they do? Bet it. Yes, that's all. Yes. The whole concept here is believe in yourself. Yeah. This place is you can just beat the hell out of them and win money. The windows open. They have so many bad takes. Dude, windows open. Put I see your money it right now. Down. There's not even that much of a line right now. And you can get an app and bet it on your app wherever you want. Make the bet. You think they're wrong and they're being idiots and they don't know what they're talking about, then bet it. It's very And so, like, to get mad about where the odds are is just, it's such a silly thing. I, I've never understood it, um, but that's where people are. And, you know, they were like, they were wrong last year. Okay, then bet it. Again, it, it's a really easy to take advantage if you think the sports books are dumb. Like, they're, they're not going to stop you from putting your action down. So don't call them dumb. Show them they're dumb by betting it. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. A blockbuster trade for the Las Vegas Raiders. They are trading for star receiver Devontae Adams. It's Cofield and Company. And they are making him the highest paid receiver in NFL history. This is a earth-shattering trade for the Packers and certainly for the Las Vegas Raiders and quarterback Derek Carr, who gets his good buddy. NFL Network, rap sheet dude, breaking the news yesterday. Devontae Adams is a Raider. Yep, crank it up, crank it up. Best theme music in all sports. Raiders fans over the moon. Some Raiders media members even happier. It's a fun team to cover. It's a fun team to cover, sure. and they uh, they kept it quiet, and they got the job done. $141.5 million contract, five years, a couple of picks going to the Green Bay Packers. Uh, by the way, brackets, we got Alabama about to fall to Notre Dame, and pretty big. They're down 12 right now with 35 seconds left, but they lost one of their best players early in the game, and Notre Dame has just lit it up from three-point territory. So 77-64 with about 35 seconds left. Um, I noticed there wasn't a lot of criticism of the deal itself last night because, you know, you're, you're trading draft capital and you're paying a guy a record deal for a wide receiver. I think you're a little hesitant, more than hesitant to go, great deal. Um, Bill Barnwell from ESPN is a real number cruncher. He didn't like the deal. No, he didn't. And and I'll say uh, the, the PFF cap cruncher guys also hated it. Um, listen. On its surface, if you ignore every other factor and just objectively say, was this a good or a bad deal for the Raiders, it was a terrible deal. Terrible. There's really no justifying it on its surface. Now you come back and say, it's a quarterback who has always wanted a number one receiver, uh, and that number one, I shouldn't say a number one, that number one guy. He's wanted that guy. Since he's, since he's been with the organization, that's the guy he's wanted that he played with in college. You get him. So it's good from that respect. Uh, it's, you know, a team that has invested a whole lot in trying to find a number one receiver and hasn't been able to, and this is a guarantee of getting one. Uh, all those things are true. But at his age, for what you gave up and the amount of cap you're investing in him, it's an awful, awful deal. And I think 
you know, Bill Barber will make that case. And part of it is what I've been saying for a while. Like, this is not a team that sh- they should not have looked at this roster and said, we are one receiver away. And if you are, if, you, if the whole difference between you making the playoffs and losing a game and going on and winning a Super Bowl is one wide receiver, this deal would be great. But I don't think that's the position this team is in. And that's kind of the case that Barnwell made as well with a lot of different – he said the age is a big factor, certainly. Um, the draft capital is really not that big of a deal. Like, you're, if you were going to invest a first-round pick in a receiver anyway, you're not going to find one better than Devontae Adams. And then, so you're really just giving up a second. So the draft capital is not that big. But the contract and what it entails at this age probably is not a great deal for the Raiders. Now, different situation because their offense is going to be very exciting. And it's a new coaching staff and a new regime and kind of new fan base you're going to try to win over and bring them into, uh, you know, playing in, in his style with his quarterback. And the, all those things will make sense. But the deal just on its own is a really bad one for the Raiders. Caller 7, 364 Porta subs, let's give away a six-foot classic sub. You also qualify to win a new Yeti cooler. There's 20-plus Porta subs. In the Las Vegas area, caller seven right now, 364-1100. Giveaway brought to you by Porta Subs and our friends at Finley, Volvo, Cars, Las Vegas. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Alabama, Nate Oates, out of the tournament. Bad break, though. One of the best players Quinterly got hurt early on. And Notre Dame, Notre Dame stays hot, shot the hell out of the three ball. Notre Dame has gone from playing game to another win in the, uh, we'll call it the second round, I guess. That's what they call it. So Notre Dame, a winner. Looks like former UNLV coach Chris Beard is going to move on. His team, Texas, up 14 on VTech, less than five minutes. Let's bring in our coach, Joe Esposito. What's up, coach? Not much. How are you? Great games. Boy, I'll tell you, it's been, it's been unbelievable been awesome and last night was great i'm not a kentucky hater but you know i root for the little guy in st peter's winning that game what the heck happened well you know you got to score points you got to make baskets and i think kentucky just really choked you know shooting the ball four for 15 from three you know at 26 percent and 42 percent from from twos and 13 turnovers and even at the free throw line they shot you know, under 70%. They struggled. Their two guards, Ty Ty Washington, who actually played here at Cesar Chavez, and Grady were three for 19 shooting. And, and that, that really hurt them. I mean, it's Calipari's first first loss in a first-round game. And, you know, St. Peter's got to give him a lot of credit. But this is the thing about that game. More importantly is this. The Banks kid, who had a great game for St. Peter's, 27 points. He's a junior. With that portal... He will not be playing at St. Peter's next year. And I think that this NCAA tournament, when you look at some of these games and some of these young players that have good games, it's a recruiting frenzy to get those kids to the highest level. And that's unfortunate, but that's the reality that we're dealing with right now in college basketball. That is a good point. It's it's almost a a curse as a mid-major if – you make a big splash with your coach or players. The players could be stolen in the transfer portal, and your coach could go bye-bye. We'll get to uh, some of the coaches there. By the way, it all, Joe, it's also dangerous for the back end of Power 5 conferences because um, I hope this doesn't happen, but uh, my Scarlet Knights, as I was watching, uh, my thought was, well, they're big men. 
Cliff Amore on a ISO spot nationally looked great, you know, throwing down dunks left and right. And I'm like, when does the Oregon $500,000 NIL, uh, NIL deal get offered to uh, Amore to, to go to Eugene? Well, that's part of it, too, and I, I, I totally agree with you on that. I mean, I mean, he did have a good game, and it was, it was unfortunate that, you know, Rutgers, I thought they played pretty well, and, and, you know, they've had a good year, and they got themselves in a tournament, but they just ran into a buzzsaw. Notre Dame's looking like maybe one of the teams to beat. Um, you know, they got Texas Tech next, and Texas Tech has already proven they can put some points on the board. They had 97 points today. They're a really good team. But the thing with Notre Dame is they can really shoot the ball. Yeah. They've done that all year long. So I think Texas Tech, the way they trap and the way they scramble on defense, I think Notre Dame can make that a pretty good game. And you may see Notre Dame being one of those teams that people are surprised. But the ACC in general, to me, is doing really well. And it's a league that a lot of people are down on this year. Do you favor offense over defense when it comes to the tournament? We always have this debate. I mean, the Mountain West, to me, was a defensive league, and they pulled an El Flapo. Uh, meanwhile, the West Coast Conference, all the teams had like 84-plus uh, points, and, uh, you know, two of the three teams win, and obviously Gonzaga was supposed to win. But uh, what do you favor, offense or defense, going into the tournament? Well, typically, you know, these games are usually lower scoring, and teams, you know, if they can score, obviously that helps. But defense is going to win you a championship. you got to get those big stops. You know, those big stops are so important. And a lot of times, you know, late in the game, like some of the games you watch, just look at the – the game with San Diego State and Creighton, if they could just get a stop, um, they would have been, they would have had a chance to win that game. They should have won that game. Um, you know, they were they were in a situation where they're up. It was disappointing. Nine minutes to go. Uh, I'm sorry, four minutes to go. They're up nine. And uh, they couldn't make those defensive stops. So I, I would favor more defense. And if you're a good defensive team, I think you can stay in a lot of these games of the tournament. Coach, we just saw, we talked about the Alabama game and, um, and everything that went on there. I, I just want to speak from a more general uh, perspective on that game. We talked early in the game, Javon Quinterly, uh, most important player on the team, maybe not the best player on Alabama, their most important player goes down like two minutes into the game. How as a coach do you get your team to not only say, hey, like to make the adjustment of, of playing the game, of you know how you're going to adjust, how you're going to handle the ball, that sort of thing, but also tell your team like, hey, we can still succeed because after that, I mean, they were pretty much done. Yeah, you know, as soon as he went down, it looked like they, you know, took the air right out of them. And you needed somebody else to step up. And the guy in that game that was trying to step step up was Shackelford. I mean, he was trying to make those shots. He was trying to help the team as far as being the guy that could score for him. He had 13 points. He was 2 for 10 from 3 on the night. And he was 4 for 17 from the field. And I think that really, really hurt them uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, when you lose a guy that can score like that, it, it's going to definitely hurt because they don't have a big bench. You know, I don't really think uh, Alabama has that type of bench that they can come in. They really rely on some of their starters, and, and even their starters not, didn't play that well when you look at the, the two kids inside. Um, you know, but I just got to give all the credit to Notre Dame. I don't know if it mattered if he played or not. They shoot 62% from three, 10 to 16 um, they shoot 91% from the free throw line. They are doing what you need to do to win games here at this time of the season. So I think Notre Dame would have beat them with them or without them. Who's the best team you've seen play so far? You know, it, it's hard to say because I've seen, you know, just so many really good teams. I, I like Texas Tech. 
I like that they've got so many pieces. They've got so much toughness about them. And as the bracket's moving, I also like Purdue. I think Purdue's a team, you know, they, they, they're a team that can do a lot of different things. And if the game's tight, they can stay right in there. Um, hey, I'll be honest with you, Adam. There's so many teams right now that can get on a run if it's either Gonzaga or a Baylor, you know, or a Kansas. There's so many teams that could run the table. But you've got to weather the storm and take everybody and understand, like, everyone's going to be hard to play at this time. You're seeing upsets left and right. UConn getting knocked out. You know, that was a shocker. It's just a lot of things that can happen in this tournament. And you've got to have that mental toughness and that mental preparation in order to win these games. Because, like they say, it's one and done. You're leaving if you're not going to win this game. And, and a lot of teams feel that pressure. And I think you saw that with Kentucky last night. We also watched uh, last night San Francisco and Murray State, two elite mid-major teams. I actually think they finished 1-2 uh, in the uh, mid-major poll uh, at the end of the year. But people that don't follow that, I follow much more closely than the AP poll. Uh, but San Francisco and Murray State, really, really good teams, and they put on a great show. Yeah, they did. They, they really are uh, really good teams. I mean, I thought I was really impressed with, uh, you know, the team. and, and, and look, look at the kid uh, – from San Francisco, their senior, Boulier. I mean, 36 points. He has a career high. Heck of a player. Great overtime game. There's a sophomore in Murray State, Hannibal, who's a really, really solid guy. He's only a sophomore. And, I mean, that's another guy that you may see. Uh, he came off the bench for him yesterday. He played 27 minutes, got 18 points. Those are some of the guys that you worry about leaving for the next level. And then as soon as San Francisco loses the game, their coach, Todd Golden, is on his way to Florida to sign a six-year, $3 million a year, uh, $3 million a year contract. And uh, he's one of the younger coaches in the business. He was the right place at the right time, got San Francisco to where they need to be, and it got him a job. You think that's too big a jump for Golden? Uh, you know, it, it seems with his enthusiasm, and it, it kind of did the same thing with White there. You know, he was a younger coach, too. and It seems to be the trend. As you're looking, there's a lot of young coaches getting hired. So uh, I think it's a good move for them. He's hot. He did a good job at San Francisco. And, you know, sometimes you get in these tournaments and you get your team in a tournament or you win that first-round game, it makes you a real good candidate for a lot of jobs. Yeah, I think you nailed it. It's a, it's a real trend night now, right now. Probably not good for guys our age, not that I'm a coach, but you are, that a lot of schools are looking for the young dude. And, I, you know, that Shaheen Holloway is real interesting at St. Peter's. I think Maryland – should be on Kevin Willard, but I, I actually wonder if they just skip over Willard and go right to a guy who, you know, may get a Maryland-like job in five years and just hire Holloway now. You know, it, it's a possibility. I mean, when you look at his, he makes $250,000 at St. Peter's, and, and I think the, you know, one of the managers probably makes that at Kentucky. Um, you know, it's just unbelievable. I think the players at Kentucky make more money than he does. <laughs> I know they do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um but, you know, he's a guy that won that game. And the guy at New Mexico State, Jans. I mean, oh, he's, he's been a guy that's been in the business a little bit. But, you know, New Mexico State wins a game in the NCAA tournament. And, and I think he's another guy that people may look at. And there's still some big jobs open out there. Oh, yeah. Now the Mississippi State's open. And there's a lot of good gigs. And I think one of those guys will hit one of those jobs. Kansas State, Mizzou open. I was talking to my buddies in the uh, Kansas City area today. And guess what? DRF. Completely quiet. No one has any clue what she's going to be doing at Missouri. Um, sadly, you guys had really no idea what was going to happen to the staff with Marvin, right? 
TJ Altsenberger came out of nowhere until the last three days before DRF hired him. And right now at Mizzou, I would think they'd be looking at someone like Nico Medved. He just got boosted to like $1.2 million. They can outpay Colorado State. I wonder what K-State and Mizzou are going to do. I think K-State's trying to go after Brad um, they are. Underwood at Illinois. I think that's what they're trying to do. I think that's kind of what the focus is. Obviously, they got a, a game today against Chattanooga, and they're still in the tournament. So I think some of these teams that you, they're waiting and not moving as quickly are waiting to see what happens in the NCAA tournament or they're you know, pinpointing a guy uh, that's in the tournament and that might be a possibility for them. You know, when you think about a guy um, that's in the tournament, they're, they're probably talking to their agent and stuff, and hopefully the coaches are talking with them because they want to be you know, laser-focused on trying to win this, win this tournament. Um, K-State obviously is a good job. Maryland's a good job. I mean, Missouri's a good job. I mean, she struck again where she wants to make the hire for her program. She better hire somebody good there because she struck out with football at UNLV. She, she kind of struck out with TJ. Um, and, and now if she strikes out again at Missouri, she should be held accountable. And, and I was just shocked that she got rid of Quanzo because I think he's a really good coach. Iowa State, speaking of odds, they're going to win today, aren't they, against LSU? Well, you know, LSU's got that fire coach situation. I think that's going to be a great game. It's going to depend all on how the LSU players react to what happened. And they may to hopefully rally and say, you know, we have a really good program. Our coach shouldn't have got fired, and we want to win this game for him. Um, I think LSU's actually going to win this game. I, I thought Iowa State had a lot of trouble scoring in the, in the tournament. Um, in their conference tournament, I think they've kind of fell off more in the second half of the season. So I'm looking at LSU winning that game. Colgate is a uh, gambling expert, put that in quotes, uh, air quotes, uh, gambling expert, darling. Is Colgate going to pull off the upset against Whiskey getting seven and a half? I think if you take the points, they're going to do it. I really do. I think it's going to be a one, two, three-point game. If I'm playing a money line, I'm going with Wisconsin. But I'll take the seven and a half and Colgate. I mean, it's going to be one of those possession games. Wisconsin plays slow. It's going to be one of those games where who can make the last shot or who could be ahead in the last few minutes. I mean, I think in that game, the first team to 50 is going to win that game. Did you have another game that you're really looking forward to? UAB, Houston, Davidson, Michigan State in terms of being the, the closest seeds, although TCU and Seton Hall are 8-9. You know, I, Houston and UAB may be an interesting one. I mean, I think Houston's a really good team. UAB plays a pretty good style. I think that game is going to be interesting, um, to be honest with you. And, it, and then the only one, obviously, you want to see what Coach K is going to do with his team. I think they got an easy game today. But can they beat Izzo the next game? And then they have to play Texas Tech or Notre Dame. You know, who's going to be the team to beat him um, his last you know, game of, the, of his career? I think that's going to be an exciting thing to follow and a, and a trend to follow. But there should be some decent games tonight. Probably Iowa State and LSU may be the most fun to watch, but we'll see how it all unfolds. Joe, you got anything else? What else is going on? You know, I'll tell you, the other thing that was kind of interesting is North Carolina. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, North Carolina beating up on Shaka, and Shaka struggles in the tournament. You know, that's why he got fired at Texas, because he couldn't win a tournament game. And uh, I-, I like North Carolina as well. I think they've played really well. They beat Duke at, at Duke, you know, that last game that was a big deal, and it was the most lopsided 8-9 game all time in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, can North Carolina beat Baylor? That's going to be a great game uh, in Fort Worth. So that's another good game I'm looking forward to watching. 
But the tournament's been awesome. It's always about the upsets and the excitement. But disappointed with the, the Mountain West. I mean, 0-4. You know, they were so excited to get four teams in. Last time they got five teams in in 2013. This is the second most time they got in there. And the committee's got to be kicking themselves for putting Wyoming in there and not putting Texas A&M or Oklahoma. I think that's just a disaster because I thought Texas A&M played great at the end, and Oklahoma had a really good year as well. Joe, you're the man. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Look forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. There he is, Joe Esposito, former assistant coach here at UNLV, Texas Tech, Minnesota, Memphis, lots of other stops. He joins us every week as our college basketball insider. Westgate is our location. We're cutting out at 4 o'clock, and then we'll have a lot of the uh, the bracket games right here on ESPN Las Vegas. In the meantime, come down here. You can watch the games uh, in the theater, in the book. Awesome HD screens. I mean, they just replaced them uh what, last year, and it seems like they're replacing them like every two years, so top-notch quality, and they've got a great betting app. You come down, you sign up for the app. It's pretty quick to uh, get it all taken care of, and right now they've got a 100 for 100 bonus. You sign up, you get $100 free dollars to play with, so this is the spot, Superbook at the Westgate. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Right after 4 o'clock, NCAA games right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Good job today booking the show by Ari, Adam, fine job, hanging out here, 1-4 to four at the uh, Westgate. This is the spot to watch the games today, the theater or the book. Superbook. It's awesome. It's awesome. Open up the mobile account. A uh, couple of thoughts sort of wrapping up the last day and a half. I mentioned to uh, Corey Williams, guest earlier who played at Arizona, we were just talking about Mountain West and how they didn't do well in this tournament. And I'm with you. I don't judge, you know, one-off games as a a complete picture of uh, what a conference is. But the conference has become a grinder conference with not a lot of teams that can score, you know, 75-plus. CSU could do it. They just came up short after a hot start against Michigan, and I, frankly, I thought they were a little tired. I thought everyone was tired, and I thought a lot of that is the busy schedule from COVID makeups in February, and it's the fact that the league is so physical. Am I on to something that maybe the league is way too much into uh, building teams that can beat San Diego State rather than win at the highest level? It's kind of, it's kind of a rock and a hard place. Like you, You're like, hey, we got to beat the best program in the conference, but if you're all building your teams in the San Diego State image, then you're going to have teams that average 57 points a game when it really counts. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if it's that or, you know, as as the discussion was going earlier that they, you know, that's kind of the guys that are left over and you find guys that can defend. And, you know, after, you know, if you miss out on Pac-12 guys or, you know, Big 12 guys, all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, we'll take this guy. He's a really good defender. We can, we can build our team with him. But there's guys that can score. There's definitely talent. There's definitely athleticism around the league that I think uh, can be different and can build your team differently if you want to. Um and, you know, that that's how somebody will have to step out and do that, I guess, to, to make that happen. But I, I don't really know that there's a correlation between that and how they play in the tournament either. Stick your hand in there, Dave. You surprised Todd Golden, San Francisco, goes all the way to Florida for a job? He's uh, the Gator coach now. Yeah, I'm surprised it happened that quickly, I guess, uh, for one part of it. Um, By the way, young guy. Kind of the nerd route, awesome. played the game at a pretty high level. Looks like he's 12. 
not ripping on him. He looks really, really young. But this has become the trend where, you know, let's Kevin Kruger probably got the UNLV job a little bit early, right? Todd Golden, I figured, would jump to the next level. West Coast is very good. But the Florida job's a big job. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he was going to have, uh, I, I don't want to say his pick. He wasn't going to necessarily have every single job available to offer to him. But he was going to have an awful lot of jobs that were available to him. Um, as you mentioned, a lot of a lot of what his background is. Yeah, good player. I think he also worked in the corporate world a little bit, then came, uh, coached briefly in the Ivy, I believe, and then went with um, went with Kyle Smith to San Francisco. He was at Auburn too. Okay, for a couple um, years. And and then, but he's he is being around him a little bit. I mean, if if there's a coach built for me to be a fan of, analytics, it's him. And if you listen to him talk about and I've done it at length. Him talk about scheduling and um, and and playing, like building a game plan to analytics, but scheduling to analytics. And a lot of coaches do this now because you have to, to to take advantage of the net and everything. But he literally knows, like basically where everybody stands, where they stand on an average over the last ten years, and how to build a perfect schedule for where to put those teams so that it best affects your net. That guy gets it, and he's going to do well. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Games coming up, the night games, the night games. You can watch down here at the Westgate. UAB, Houston, Davidson, Michigan State. Michigan State going to lose? They could. Uh, it's a real, real tight number here, so it's not really going to be an upset either way. Um, I like UAB a little bit. They can definitely score. That game probably goes over. Uh, and a lot of people like Chattanooga, but I will be trying to get a live line here in Illinois if Chattanooga extends its lead. Any. Good deal. Come on down, sign up for the mobile app. I mean, the atmosphere is awesome. The energy at the Westgate, second to none. It's Superbook for college basketball and the NCAA tournament all weekend long.